Okay. Okay. Hey. All right. Covered a lot of ground there, didn't we? Yeah, we always do. Mm-hmm. Uh, good stuff, yeah. as usual. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fun. I uh, look forward all week to discussing this stuff with you. And it's funny that I've said it before when it happens on like Monday, Sunday, Monday, or even Tuesday, it's by the time it gets to Friday, it's like, what happened there? Because the, yeah, I forgot about the stuff with the, um, the Democrats from Austin uh, fleeing and then, fleeing, yeah. Yeah, 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 I forgot all about that. Yeah, well, there's been so many things that are, yeah. I mean, I, yes. we just, it's like the news is in lights going like lights warp speed, you yes. know, it's it like does every, like everything happens like just every day, a whole bunch of new crazy stuff yeah. happens. Agreed. It's, totally. Like gets crazier and crazier all the time. So I just decided right now to pull up Daily Mail because I see you can refresh that three times a day and see the latest headline. Okay, headline now. Shocking moment. Killer shoots dead a 21 year old cyclist at point blank range in broad daylight in Brooklyn as New York City gun violence rises 43 percent from 2020. And there is. High resolution footage of it. I, I'm going to pull this up just okay, uh, yeah. as awful as that is, but uh, okay, where is it? Uh, there it is. And I'm seeing this these headlines in New York every day. Look at that, Merle. Oh my gosh, how horrible. New York is, uh, I don't know what to say about New York. I really don't. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it seems to me like all the moves that they made over there were mm-hmm. the wrong ones. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're defunding the police, the police mm-hmm. are the enemy there. Um, I don't, it doesn't look like it. Uh, it, it it's a shame what's happened in that. Listen scene. to this one. It is NFL announced they will play the quote black national anthem. And we just found out there was one. This is ridiculous. Before the Star Spangled Banner during every week one game and players may feature names of police brutality victims on their helmets. You're killing football. They are killing football. I won't watch it anymore. As a result, this is not uh, this is not. Uh, the NFL that I loved when I was growing up. Right. I'm I'm very sad to hear this. Uh, First off, the you know we have a nation it's one nation under god that that's what we were talking about on our first show is that this nation is formed under our declaration of independence and our constitution and we can't have two national anthems there's one nation um i i i uh celebrated juneteenth and and on the show and talked about the importance of it but i don't believe that it should be substituted for July 4th. And mm-hmm. I think that uh, there's a day, I, I know there's a, a large contingent out there that would love to do that. Mm-hmm. But here's my point, And I'm coming, I'm coming at this as a, 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 a citizen of the country who happens to be black. And I, I look at the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence as the seeds that freed the slaves. Um, slavery was an institution throughout the world. Uh, the words that are in those documents are the words that actually not only uh, um, caused freedom for slaves here in this country, but really led the way to eliminate legalized slavery around the world. We were the ones that did that, us in the UK. 
Um, we didn't start slavery. That was started a long time ago. Mm -hmm. We ended slavery and we still did going it on all around the world. Fathers. The legalized slavery is what I'm talking about. The legalized slave yeah. international institution is what we destroyed. Mm -hmm. yeah. And because uh, it was an acceptable form of, of, of labor at that time, we made it so it was not acceptable. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so <clears throat> when we look at the freedom of the slaves, that is a great day, but we can't, the, the, we can't blind ourselves and believe that the, the slaves just freed themselves. Right. That's not what happened. Um, it was literally white people in America who made that decision, sent their sons to war. Many of them lost mm -hmm. their sons forever in the name of that, that's how great this country is. We yeah. should never forget that. I think that's a, a that we've we've twisted that around, Barry. And oh, I know uh, it's, it's a disgusting. it's a, it is disgusting, and it and it makes you think when you hear people speak differently. Um, you, I have to wonder um, either are are they ignorant or, or do they know what they're doing? and they're trying to deceive people for their own agenda. Oh, I think there's a lot of ignorance. Uh, here's I proof. think there's a lot of both, actually. Here's a good headline for you. That states exactly uh, illustrates this. AOC finally breaks her silence on Cuba, on the Cuban uh, unrest, as she blames Can't America's wait. absurdly cruel embargoes and blasts President Biden for defending the Trump era restrictions. So communism would be perfect if it weren't for America. Well, if America would just uh, throw some, you know, logs onto the fire of mm. communism, then everything would be great. I mean, this is the thing. Do we want to support uh, a regime that murders its people, steals all the rights oh, of its God, people? Yeah. Why, why would we do that? And, and so, and, and what kind of power to influence any government do we have if we just support it with all of our dollars. I don't understand how she doesn't understand that. Again, I have to go I back. I don't either. But uh, what I said earlier is that you have to wonder, is she ignorant or does she actually know what she's doing and just, just doing it anyway? Because the history of Cuba is uh, under the communist regime is terrible. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't oh, yeah. want your worst enemy to go through that. Very true. No, she's totally indoctrinated. That's, you know, we So you think that she just doesn't know? Like indoctrinated think, to me means that she's learned so much that she actually believes what she's saying. I do. I people have a funny way of processing things through a filter that, you know, it, it's like when you put somebody on the spot about uh the socialism and its lack of success it's absurd lack of success and it's well not that kind of socialism <laughs> right you know it's no, always no. the other kind yeah yeah mm -hmm. so it, it they process things through a filter and when you're in your absolute developmental stages in school and high school and college and you got these other indoctrinated people that you look up to teaching you this and there's there's a lot of very it's pretty powerful. Yeah, that's a powerful especially, elixir, especially when it, the whole movement is based upon you being uh, easily putting yourself in a moral authority position because everybody else is racist and xenophobe and homophobe and all these other things. So 
All you have to do is accept what we're saying, repeat it. You don't even need to know how to argue. You just call people racist and you're going to feel much better about yourself. You're going to be part of the moral authority. So join us. Don't be one of them. They're evil. You know, racists, you're making such a good point here about the weapon that they're using called racism. Mm -hmm. And it seems to me that um, I've noticed something else about that. I agree with everything you just said. I've noticed something else. And it seems to be that whenever their political opponents seem to get close to one of their sacred cows. Mm -hmm. uh, And when I say sacred cows is a areas that they believe are critical for the perpetual um, leadership of their party. And one of them is that voting law that I'm telling you Mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. And it seems to me that whenever those things start to get attacked, the closer they get to refuting those arguments, the the more they will invoke the racist thing, like they'll Mm -hmm. get down and dirty. And I see this voting thing as the epitome of the thing that they're saying is going to give them perpetual power because they've invoked the civil war over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, that's the like almost the nuclear option when you uh, when you're talking about bigotry is mm-hmm. this is just like the civil war. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and then you start thinking about it, it's like, wait a second, it's during the silly. civil war, we had slavery. There's no slaves here. Black people aren't slaves. They can go and vote. Nobody's getting whipped or hanged. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, they, I do. It seems but- like this is the uh, like almost a litmus test for the whoppers that I keep hearing. It, it is, and but you got to understand, there's been this walk away movement going on for quite some time now. Yes, there has. Um, yes, and because of the identity politics that Obama pretty much fanned the flames of, and yes, and so when. This happens like this is getting back to do they actually really believe what they're saying or not? No, they don't in these cases. But it's so dumb that they they don't realize that this is going to just increase that walk away movement. This is just too preposterous. It's just gone too far. It really has. And I think about the upcoming election that's happening in 2022. And it better not be Trump. Or else well, we're going to no, all be in 20, trouble. I'm talking 22, which oh, is would be oh. this is the the midterm election. Gotcha. Uh, and you know, so we're looking at the House and, and the Senate, yeah. which is really important. And I, I I don't know, and especially the House, I don't know how they believe that they're going to be able to hang on to that majority after yeah. all these crazy bills have bubbled up from Nancy Pelosi. Uh, including the voting rights bill and and some of these other ones uh, that are just insane with all of these, even the bailouts have so many egregious things attached to them that have nothing to do with money. They really are. They're just giving our money away to special interest groups, which comes back to them. Of course, they're lining their pockets with our money like we've never seen before. Well, it's true. And they're also printing a ton of money, which is why we're seeing the inflation Mm -hmm. that we're seeing, because there's no way that they're going to be able to reach into their pockets and pull out six trillion dollars. It's just not how it works. We we have to print money in order to satisfy this this crazed spending. And we're seeing it at the gas station, at the pumps. We're seeing it at the grocery store. We're seeing it with supplies. Our supply chain is is severely damaged right now. Uh, we can't get wood to build houses. Uh, the housing markets have exploded. 
for no reason. Um, I'm, I'm very concerned about how this is all happening. And at the same time, it's, you know, it's like when you look at the federal government, you want to, you wonder, hello, is anybody there? Do you see what we're seeing here? What are you going to do about this? And we're, we're hearing crickets. Right. Um, you know, like this one. Delaware prosecutor investigating Hunter Biden waited until after the election to issue search warrants and grand jury subpoenas out of fear tax probe would become public and turn into a campaign issue. Man, everything's so crooked. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Delaware prosecutor. Wow. (laughs) That is, uh, I, what, 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 where did we see that? Where was that? I just saw on the but, Daily Mail. That's where I like to just see the quick that's headlines. The English uh, from the UK is that the Daily Mail? Yeah, they have a, a U.S. home version, which is what yeah. I pull up. It will ask you, but it originates in the UK. Anne Marie likes that one a lot too. She it's you that. could just see it. They refresh it continuously, so yeah. you can. What I do is I look at this first to see what's sensational going on and they don't care if it's right or left they just care about clicks they they don't care uh it'll be as inflammatory as possible on the left with one article scroll down something from the right equally inflammatory but in the opposite direction but what i like to do is check this out quickly and then i go to news.google.com google News. i got you and then i see what they're pushing out which is mostly left-based it's mostly mainstream media and then with some other stuff sprinkled in. And that's the way I get a feel for what's going on. You know, uh, that's, uh, that's crazy. Hey, have you heard about this? Um, the Biden invites the United Nations to investigate uh, America's systemic racism? No. <laughs> so um, the U.S. State Department helmed by Secretary Anthony Blinken announced Tuesday that the Biden administration would invite the United States officials who investigate raci- racism, I'm sorry, the U.N. officials who investigate racism and human rights issues to visit the United States and tell Americans and the rest of the world how racist our country is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the That's invitation funny. comes after last month's U.N. report on racism and police brutality that called for global uh, reparations based on several incidents, including the death of George Floyd in 2020. Mm. Um, you know, when yeah, he's a hero. Yeah. I, I gotta say that this doubling down on racism and having the U, why would we need the UN to come in and, and investigate racism? And why would the UN, when you see the human rights violations that are happening and oh, I don't know, China with the Uyghurs that are in a concentration camp, a million of them, why would they waste time coming over here? Uh, we can manage our own affairs. And why would the president invite the UN to do something like that? I, I'm, I find this sick. And then we talk about George Floyd. How, I'm sorry, but how did that guy, I mean, the guy got killed. It was terrible. But how is he an American hero? Like, I, boy, did did they have to stretch that one, you know? All right, just to lighten this up a bit, what do you think about uh, old what's-his-face from Virgin Airlines going into space? Yeah, well, first (laughs) off, I got to say that um, it's funny seeing these old guys up in space, you know, like that's a new thing. Usually we would see. As Crystal calls it, fake space. (laughs) Fake? Is it fake space? Okay. If you call it space, I mean, you're not out there 
looking at the space station, uh, right, you know, right. you're, you're just really, really high up there. It's kind of like you're in between. You're technically in space. I gotcha. Um, I'm, I gotta say that, um, first off, I thought that, that, uh, ship that they built was pretty futuristic looking and everything. I think I I saw it. Oh, it's pretty interesting looking. It looked like something Flash Gordon would fly around. Oh, how cool. I got you. It was, it was kind of neat. And do you know uh, what it was called? Uh, no, I know his company is called Virgin Galactic or maybe Galactica, um, but, uh, I don't know what the ship was called, but I thought it was cool that he went in it. I saw a picture of him and Elon Musk talking before he jumped mm-hmm. in there. But then I started to think about these billionaires and how they're going up into space all the time. You know, Elon Musk is doing that. And I, then I think about Bill Gates and what would he want to do up in space? And mm-hmm. then I think about how all those billionaires got together the other day. Uh, at that resort and I wonder what the heck they were talking about and then I then I thought about Dr. Evil uh, just you know like I don't know like you know you start thinking about like the, the the space force and what actually militarily can be accomplished from space and then I just started to think man I don't know if this is such a good idea that we let these billionaires just go up into space with their technology that we don't but know they run the world man uh, you, really we can't do. that's what it shows them. to me actually it, it truly does and that they are in charge and crystal and soccer were talking about this it's like how how are you making such a big deal out of going a billionaire going up into fake space like it's the first thing she's like the government did this 60 years ago you know what's what's the big deal and is this the the ship merle yeah it is actually okay. if you see it from yeah it's a very look at it from below it's very interesting i've yeah. never seen anything like that before um yeah but you know when she says that what i think about is in the space race back in the 60s that was they were the the type of rocket that they were using was this were the same rockets that we use in intercontinental ballistic missiles and so at the same time we're going to the moon we're also showing our military strength mm-hmm. and our mm-hmm. our ability to send a uh, if, if we can hit the moon with a rocket we can we could hit moscow pretty easily mm-hmm. you understand what i'm mm-hmm. saying mm-hmm. and so when we have billionaires doing the same thing it seems really cool but there's a military aspect that, that which would mean national security aspect that's involved here that I don't think people are thinking about. And right. I, but uh, I think about those things and, and think, hmm, I wonder what they're doing. Oh, you know what? He also announced upon landing, I was that yesterday or day before, I think, um, that Virgin Galactic is opening now the way you said it, opening this up to anybody who wants to which means you have to be at least a multimillionaire right to, to go yeah. up into space. Right. Yeah. So I don't it's, know it's, in a way what this does is illustrate who's really in power in this country. That's exactly how I see it as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's going on behind the scenes and everything. I, I, but one thing I'll say about, um, I forgot his name, Richard. Branson. Uh, Branson. I always forget his name too. Yeah. He, I mean, I got to say what he did with Virgin Airlines and the service and uh, that 
I got, I only flew them once because they were a little more expensive mm-hmm. um, to fly. You mentioned business. this before. But I had a fantastic experience. First off, the seats were luxurious. That's nice. Uh, and that's really important for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just so comfortable. Very, and I had like, you know, the nice television in front of me, but it wasn't just like one of those cheap, it, there was all kinds of features and it was just, it was plush and nice and yeah, great service. For. And I felt like I was, I, and I was going to Florida, but I felt like I was on this like cruise line or something, you know, mm. like I just felt like the, the, the great treatment. And anyhow, I really appreciated that. And his whole philosophy was, and probably still is, is that if you treat your employees really, really well, it would, uh, you know, with dignity and giving them like, like the, 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 uh, the praise that they deserve and just incent them, they're gonna, all that's going to trickle down to the customer. And yeah. he, he was right. I well, see that at, at Southwest airlines too. And that's the way it was when we were growing up and learning about the world and stuff like that. Then we going through the excesses of the eighties. But so by the time we started really getting established into businesses in the nineties, well, that was the first wave of cutting out middle management. And so customer service started suffering as a result. And it seemed like we were starting to stabilize. This is all just me talking as I've witnessed my life unfold, but we started to stabilize and things look like they could possibly go back to uh, prosperity and stuff again. But then 9-11 happened and yes. it plunged us into another form of a recession and another cutting out of middle management, which in turn that eliminates customer service right yes. there. And we've been in this kind of cycle ever since, it seems to me. Man, I got to say, and just speaking of the, the airline experience, I remember United Airlines used to be a great airline mm-hmm. as far as customer service goes. And I, I fly in my career. I've, I've flown a lot. And um, I, uh, I so I, I, I noticed the changes and the trends and everything. And I remember right after 9-11, of course, you know, they had the whole military thing where pe- people with M-16s were standing there at the security thing. And I would always get uh, randomly selected for the, the spot <laughs> <Randomly>. search. <laughs> and, uh, you know what's and, funny about you is you could pass for any nationality. Yeah, that's probably you know? why I was, who is the, what kind of, we got to, we're going to have to strip search that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Grab your um, ankles. Just, yeah, it was a terrible experience for the for a couple of years after 9-11. But I did notice on United Airlines that there was a, a dramatic change just right away. I, I'll never forget the first time I flew uh, United Airlines, I was shocked that there were these flight attendants just yelling at people and just being wow. so rude. And it was almost like, get in the plane, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, this is, uh, these people are going to get fired. But then it turned to be, turned out to be, that's kind of how things have gone since then for, for that airline and for, many of the other airlines, actually. For many, many years, uh, airlines were always nominated as the least customer friendly, like the most hated by consumers industry until the um, telecommunications companies topped them about mm. 10, 15 years ago. Mm. Wow. That's well, I, there's nothing worse <laughs> than having to get on the phone with your telecommunications company. You know? I know. Right. Exactly. And argue about a bill. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah God. That's terrible. 
or yeah. like my internet stuff. We'll be there in five days and we'll be there between the hours of 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. So stay home. <laughs> stay home. Take the day <laughs> off work. Yeah. If you, if you miss if you miss us, we'll be back in four weeks. You know? <laughs> right, like, right. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Now, and then they it's the way that you can never go. Well, let me speak to the boss. Let me speak. Yeah. To, no, you're just through a line of customer service people who just take that beating day in and day out. Oh, God. What a horrible job. I'd rather be a roofer in July, you know? <laughs> That's saying a lot right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a roofer in July in Florida. Yeah, right, right. I've honestly, since I redid a couple of roofs on my house in UH there uh, years ago, I decided that's the world's worst job. I think it is too. I mean, yeah. we know our friend Brian and yeah. that's what he did. He did my main roof. Yeah, yeah, he did. I was talking to him the other day and I was I was saying, you know, that's a that the job is so hard on your body. And, yes. you know, he really he had some injuries and everything. And, you know, he and I used to play guitar together. And uh, I was just talking to him the other day and I said, hey, man, uh, you, you still play guitar? And he said he doesn't because the nerve damage in his hands. Oh, my God. Um, he can't play guitar anymore. And I thought that is just that's so horrible. Yeah. Uh, but anyhow, hats off to these guys. They do a really hard job and they're hard workers. And, you know, all the trades are hard, though. Uh, my family's all from the trades. And, yeah. you know, I remodeled a house and I don't I. I'm just a very trades blue collar kind of guy myself. And boy, I, did I tell you that I helped my uncle install the air AC units here in this house? No, it I didn't was know that. Hard. Oh God. It was that hard, really hard work. So it's a really big house. We needed to put one in the attic and one in the basement. And wow. You know, it's like everything in the trades, like plumbing. It in theory is easy, but we, the places that you have to contort yourself in order to get there, uh, and get and try to work with things that are breaking as you're doing them. And yeah, it's just really hard, thankless work. But I can't. It's imagine. an easy way to make six figures today. They make good money, those HVAC people. Definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, hard, hard work and mm -hmm. also hard on your body. Uh, I remember a, a good friend of mine was doing that kind of work and he was like a math guy, like, mm. you know, trigonometry. He, oh my but, God. Uh, he had to know those things uh, to be able to calculate uh, how to run those, the, 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 the architecture of those HVAC systems. And really? Them. Yeah. It's a very, very uh, engineering centric kind mm. of thing. It's like quite a skill actually. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, that's why they get paid so much. They, they're, they're very valuable what they do. Not very valuable. It's hard work. Yeah, yeah. Super hard. no kidding. It's it's hard and it's it, it, it doesn't take just brawn and, and strength, but a lot of brain as well. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting work. We've had such uh, swampy weather here for the last couple of weeks that have you at. Yeah, at my uh, our rental property, I just ordered a dehumidifier uh, the other day. It's coming oh, wow. tomorrow. Yeah. And so I got to get that set up and with renters, it has to be foolproof. So it has to be auto, uh, you know, drain from a hose automatically. It has to sense uh, humidity. So it turns off and on automatically. I don't want any of those clowns touching it. Right. And um, but every third person will. And I'll have to <laughs> 
reprogram it. <laughs> I just know how it, themselves. <laughs> they can't. I'll put a sign on it. Please do not touch every third person. That right is going to be. I got to touch that. That's just <laughs> yeah. like the the waitress that brings your hot plate. Don't touch it. It's hot. <laughs> oh, like it every, is. Everyone touches it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know? It is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's too funny. Uh, hey, uh, I gotta get going though. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I got a big weekend ahead of me. How about yeah, you? You do. Uh, yeah, get I a dog. I got a lot. Oh, you sure do. So yeah. we have some uh, some construction happening here over the next couple few weeks. Uh, they're gonna do some demolition in my kitchen. Oh, and, that's right. You're uh, getting and, uh, and some. Yeah, we're getting. They're remodeling re the kitchen. Uh, they're remodeling our our bathrooms as well. So. Um, wow, that's gonna generous. Because I remember them, next week. Yeah. I thought they were pretty nice. You they know? are pretty nice. They, 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 they so, are pretty nice, but they're they're older okay. and they want to modernize these uh, these areas. And Anne Marie has been wanting this to happen for some time. So, you know how it is, though, it's going to be inconvenient and we have to remove move a lot of stuff out of the kitchen. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I have a feeling I'm going to be doing a lot of that kind of stuff this weekend. OK, I just always wonder with uh, California, L.A. and all that, like, Get, I think they're getting ready to push you, push the middle class out so that they could bring in more elitists in there. You know, I agree. It's uh, that's what's happening. It sure does seem like that. Remember how we were talking about how the Democrats went from being the champions of the working man to somehow all of a sudden being these ivory tower elitists. Didn't that happen? Well, way? and and uh, you know, you we you had me watch the uh, Crystal and Saga on that. Uh, if you mm. hate the culture war, blame white liberals. Oh, right. Uh, that uh, it, it it's an interesting thing that uh, that we're seeing here, and how the Democratic Party has transformed from the working class, from the the party of the minorities, mm. to really uh, the party of the elite white male. Uh, college educated. He Sager actually did everyone this they hate, and <clears throat> and yeah, and uh, it's interesting. He talks about uh, the demographics of the uh, of the party and how uh, the white liberal male who has a four year college education uh, is really controlling that party and. Mm -hmm. Uh, and really everything that's coming out of that party. Mm -hmm. Case in point, I mean, look at the president. They talked about having a person of color come in as the president, and we don't have that as the president. It's lip service. They go and it really put, is. I, I said it before. If you if you, you are preaching the stuff you're preaching and you bypass Tulsi Gabbard for the senile old white man, you can you it's just clearly it's a very corrupt system. Well, and I was, uh, I, I was just before I heard that report, I remember I was in a parking lot and there was a Lincoln Navigator, nice car in front of me, mm. black. And uh, I was behind it and it had a bumper sticker that said Black Lives Matter in it, on it. And, you know, I, I never did see the driver, but I assumed oh. that it was a, probably a white person. Sure, virtue uh, signaling, yeah. And yeah, and I, I, we ride our bicycles through this very elite neighborhood and we see signs all through there that say Black Lives Matter. And as long is, as you're not in my neighborhood. That's, very, that's what should be in fine print, as long as you're yeah. not in my neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, it's, it's a very interesting thing. You saw where Black Lives Matter came out with a statement this week regarding regarding uh cuba and uh, and that. and they they actually before ocasio cortez said what she said that you read in the last show 
they said the exact same thing. It was as if she was reading from mm. their statement. Sure. Um, you know, and you think about, um, you just think about what these people stand for and the violence that we've seen mm -hmm. and the, the un unfairness that we've seen coming from them. Uh, we saw Patrice Cullors, the leader of the former leader of Black Lives Matter, buy those three very expensive multi-million dollar houses. And, you know, it, it, it's it's the hypocrisy is pretty thick on this. Whole oh, thing. super thick. Always has been. Anyhow, the Crystal and Sager was a really good one. I thought Sager made some yeah. really good points. And yeah. I think that uh, to your point earlier in the show that I think the people's eyes are opening up. I uh, it's I as I look at the demographics of the last election, it was the most racially diverse uh, election, uh, meaning that we saw more Hispanics, we saw more Black people uh, voting on both sides of the fence. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. You know, so this is becoming a very colorblind. Uh, type of voting situation and even I think though the left is expressing it quite differently and people's eyes are opening to that uh, talking down to minorities is not i don't well i think case in point we talked i talked about these voting laws uh so much but uh, the poll the latest polls are something like 71 percent of the population favors voter id yeah. So the talking points that we hear coming from the Democrat Party about how racist it is, for some reason, to <laughs> require IDs, uh, yeah. but no one ever says it's racist when I have to show my ID to buy beer. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? So what? It doesn't just, make any sense. I don't, sense. Uh, the lot, it's a lack of logic. <laughs> I know we got to start wrapping yeah. up. Here, yeah. Derek. This has been a great show as usual. Yeah. And I, I think we've uh, really made some some great points great discussion today i really enjoyed it you got anything else as that's... always yeah no no i uh i i've, I've tapped out of all of my yeah. stuff so we will go ahead and wrap it up but man yeah. okay uh, i'm looking forward to next week and Me doing too. it all over again yeah sure am too all right buddy see you next week love you buddy. yeah love Bye. you too